I'm Gab, he's Jules, blue skies over West London, bluer sky still in the blue half of Stanley Park, Liverpool, yeah. as Everton beat Chelsea. We'll be talking into that, we'll be getting into Chelsea, um, the sale, the stuff with Pulisic's mm. dad, and then we'll be getting into a lot more because we have Real Madrid winning their 35th yes. Liga title, we have City and Liverpool winning, that title race is on, Inter and Milan winning, that title race is on, we have some curious so. stuff from... Poch and uh, and Ancelotti. Yeah. Um, we'll be getting into all that, but let's start at Goodison Park mm. because it's a huge win for Everton. Yeah. They win one nil. We'll be looking at them within a relegation lens, but I'm I find more interesting right now at the top. There is so much going on with Chelsea. Um, we've got what Christian Pulisic's father said, and then he deleted the tweet. Yeah. You know, you're wearing your USMNT yeah. uh, top. Although, I'm not sure about the Michael Bradley, but it's whatever. It's Michael. Um, <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. And then, of course, there's the sale in the background. But I want to start by how old school this was, right? Everton, yeah. are they've been in the Premier League or they've been in the top flight longer than anybody else. As Evertonians will no doubt tell you, yeah. they're an older club than Liverpool. And I love the story. I don't approve of this, but I love the story. Half past two in the morning, setting off fireworks outside the Chelsea team hotel. I mean, this is like a legacy of what we would see in the 70s and 80s when people would travel to different countries and the fans would disturb them. Yeah, and we see sometimes in the Champions League, for example, when you go away to another country and those fans... Not that often work. anymore. We've well, all become no, we, a little more plastic. We see that. The PSG-Real Madrid game... Earlier this season, the PSG fans yeah, okay. the flares. Right. Are you putting in, in the other parts of Europe where it's 2022? Yeah, true. But you also do alarms, you know, in the try to, yeah. to put the alarms in the hotel. And I think Jorginho said he was woken up. I think two, even Tuchel said, "Oh, I woke up for one minute. It doesn't matter. That didn't have an influence on the game." However, what I like, you know, Tuchel wasn't even asleep. You yeah. know that, right? There's no way he was asleep. There was no way. But I liked his like. Okay, let's show character. Fans show character, and okay, maybe you can say this is not nice to to you know to do the fireworks outside the hotel, but you know this is character. The fans should character during the game. The players should character during the game. Frank Lampard should character dropping Michael Keane, which was long due, by the way. But still, this is not a game that you win by playing fancy football. This is a game that you win by fighting, getting a bit of luck because they got lucky on the goal for sure. There's there's five more games to come. They're still in the bottom three. They're still 18th. But that win is huge in terms of belief that you can go and, and do it now and, I don't know, send Burnley or Leeds to the championship. From the Chelsea perspective, um, as I said, we're going to get into the sale. There are developments. I Personally, I find it extraordinary that you've got Rain choosing their preferred bidder, which basically means they have a five-day period of exclusivity where only they can talk yeah. to Rain and to the government and see if they can put a... Uh, see if they can get the deal done. And then you have Sir Jim Ratcliffe, this guy coming out of nowhere. From... <laughs> Friday night, just thinking, hey, what are you yeah, doing Friday night? Like, what yeah. I don't like about this <laughs> bit for is this freaking playing to the gallery, right? The way it was reported in the news, like, oh, look, it's more than $4 billion, $4.25 billion. Like, yeah. Well, it's not really, because if you then follow up, you see that it's, I think it's 2.5 billion, and then another 1.7 billion yeah. to be invested over the next 10 years. I'm yeah. like, dude, you're in your 70s, right? You know, but whatever. Um, <laughs> and then he's like, we're the only British bid, right? Well, first of all, I think Martin Broughton and Sebastian Coe might have something to say about who's They're British and who's British. British. But the other thing is, dude, um, you want to call yourself British? You're tax exile. 
You live in Monaco. You moved to Monaco so you can pay less taxes. I'm not saying you stop being British. But you can't go and wrap yourself in a flag like this. I but you absolutely see the point. hate that. I know, but you see the point he was trying to make via Ineos and, and all of that. All right. We're, we're going we're to talk about that a little more. But I want to... Um, but there's something wrong with the team right now, right? Yes, and, and that's what I want to touch upon. That they thought they were safe and dry in Champions League, but they're not really. No, they're not. Um, and we'll be looking at the table a little more. But just on the day, I'm looking at this and... And I go back to something you said a while back about, about playing Christensen, right? Mm -hmm. This back three, where you've got Rudiger and Espiricueta, whose bags are packed. Yeah. Right? And then, look, I'm not saying that they play bad or whatever. Just create something for next season. I don't get Start it. Start thinking ahead. I really don't are, are you really, you Are you really sending the message that right now, Espiricueta, at his age, and Rudiger, who, who's leaving, yeah. you know, you have other players I know. Come up with something else. I, I really, I, I struggle to understand, Gab, why he keeps going down that route. It doesn't make any sense. And, and with Aspilicueta, I know he's club captain and this is all good and he's been a great servant to the club. But he's been so tensed, not just on Sunday, yeah. but for the last few weeks. Remember the argument he had with, with, the, fan. with the fan after the Arsenal yeah. game, all the mistakes that he made and all of that. I'm not sure he should start a game like this, you know. Yeah, I, I In a hostile environment. All right, Jules, let's stick with Aspilicueta because obviously the, the flashpoint was that head-to-head -head with Coleman after the, the incident between Yerry Mina yeah. and Mount. Um, Aspilicueta comes charging out the back and, you know, things get heated. There's a melee. Coleman goes and gets in his face. Now, these are two club captains. Yeah. Two very experienced guys as well. Two very experienced guys. The referee kind of screwed that up and because I, I kind of felt like in that moment, and look, I, I'm not absolving Coleman and Espiricueta of blame here, yeah, but yeah. in that moment, you're a referee. You just turn to them and say, you guys are club captains. Completely. Sort it out, send everybody away, and I'll talk to the both of you. Rather than have these two guys like, get in each other's face, like, like the, you know. And, it was so and strange. Like, it's funny, too, because they're both little, so they're both like, yeah. you know, like. They look quite similar, actually, to be fair. <laughs> um, but it was really strange. And again, I go back to my point on Aspilicueta. I don't know what's going on. Uh, if he's stressed by the situation, he's not happy with because the team is not playing well. What happened with Tuchel, the sale, I don't know. But he, he looks like he goes from zero to 100, just like this. Yeah. And for no reasons whatsoever. And I, I think the mistake on the Richarlison goal would have hurt him big time. But I don't understand why you, you lose, you know, you lose yeah. your composure like this. It's not good for anyone. It doesn't give a good image of you. It doesn't I mean, give a good image to your club. It's just, it was a complete shambles. And that, for me, it sums it all up so well. Right now, Chelsea is a Spiliqueta's temper. And this is no good. Going to an FA Cup final, going into the end of the season now where even your top four finish is not assured at all. Yeah, it's not it, good. It reeks of insecurity. And I can understand... Okay, if... I'm going to give Tuchel the benefit of the doubt. The reason he made these choices, he said, all right, I'm going to have my three most experienced guys at the back. Because you talk about you know, leaders on paper, as being yeah, yeah, Rudy and Jaco Silva. In a hostile environment. Exactly, right? That's exactly what I want. Yeah. Been there, done that, you know. Um, and then, and I'm not going to mess around up front, you know, maybe he thought, you know, Lukaku's still on, <laughs> so he's on the bench, whatever, yeah. uh, against his old team. Who knows, yeah? But... You're putting too many eggs in this basket, and it completely does a 180 and turns against you. 
because now what you have is yes, a game you could have won. You know, the Everton's goal was was a deflected goal. Yeah. But also a game where you're sending the message that in a heated environment, we're not cool. In a heated environment like this, we we lose our marbles. Yeah. Completely. And that can have a knock-on effect. Yeah, completely. I there is clearly something that's not going right. Maybe the cell plays on the player's mind, maybe what's happening off the pitch in private lives plays on the player's mind as well. Well, in Tuchel's private in life. In Tuchel's private life. I think Tuchel is not the same f- anyway, in general. I no. think, he, and I think his, his tactical choices to play Havertz again and and Werner next to him with Mant as that number 10, which is like a slightly different tactical tweak than what we've seen since Tuchel arrived when you usually have the, the two number 10s behind a striker. Which, by the way, I don't have a problem with that. And But you did just sign Lukaku, who had a tremendous, yeah. a tremendous campaign playing in a front two like that. Yeah. Why is it so difficult to go Lukaku-Havertz in this uh, yeah, game or, or Lukaku Werner because maybe he thinks that you can't have that with Mount as a 10 behind and Mount has been going forward especially I think Chelsea's best player this yeah. season in terms of goals assists chances created all of that he's, he's the number one at the club yeah, I mean if you're Chelsea's player of the year I have a soft spot for Reese James so I might yeah. always make an argument for I him really but do. you know you would assume it's going to be him or Mount right yeah I mean Rudiger has a shot and too, Rudiger as well yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was struck by Havertz too is that it's easy to forget that because he's He's tall and, and whatever. But he's still very young. Mm. And in a game like this, in that atmosphere where he's getting kicked, he was he's That's clearly not... rattled. Exactly. You know, the other one, Werner, runs into his blind alleys, which brings us to this other decision that was made. You have a lot of options up front. Yeah. Why the same people again and again when you're not playing well? Like Yeah, this he, is where I Lukaku you know, I know some people don't like him. They blame him. Maybe he's not fully fit. I genuinely don't know. Don't but know. he came on against West Ham last weekend and did well. And was fine, yeah. This weekend, got the penalty. Chelsea played much better when he was on the pitch. But if you're trying to devalue him as much as possible ahead of a summer where you may be forced to sell him or try to sell him if yeah. you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you're doing a great job of that. Exactly, completely. Um, the other talking point is Pulisic. And I want to get... Yeah. I want to get this correct, which is why I'm turning to my phone here. So, and as you look in, I feel for him because he scores the winner against West Ham after sitting before. out on the bench and being fully fit for several games. Yeah, for 75 minutes, him and Ziyech came on far too late in that West Ham game, and you think, okay, he will deserve a chance to start now away at Everton, where you know that he can bring something to this team, and yet he's on the bench again until the 70th minute. Yeah, and the guy keeping him out of the side. His team over exactly, you know, and I don't care that you have the acceleration and whatever. Pulisic like, has the acceleration as yeah, well. It's still Timo Werner. Yeah, you know, um, but I, just, I just think there's a point. Of how how much can you do? You have to do to be able to get a starting place in that team. If you're Ziyech, if you're Lukaku, if you're if you're Pulisic, if you're yeah, I don't know anyone. <laughs> you know, Loftus-Cheek didn't right. get a look in for for a while, and now he seems to be much more in the rotation. Good for him, but what about the others? So. Belichick's father puts out a tweet and he says, the sad thing is he loves this club, teammates, and London. Puts his heart and soul into being a pro. Onwards and upwards, my boy. Big six months ahead. So, unless there's something we don't know, he's not talking about Lukaku. He's talking about his own son when he says my boy, right? Uh, you would think so. I, I would assume so, right? Yeah. Um, when I read this now in the cold light of day, I just think, all right, 
it's a dad who wants to send encouragement. However, you're sending encouragement in public. Yeah. On Twitter, right? People know who you are on Twitter. Yeah. And then you delete it. Why deleting it? There's nothing wrong in that message, is there? He's not criticizing the club. That's the point. Is he? He's just saying like he's sad he's not playing. Like then, every dad, if, if your son, whatever level, age group, club, your son is on the bench, doesn't play much, you're going to feel sad for him. But this is what brings me to Pulisic, right? Is, you know, okay, there's a, the standard knee-jerk thing. Oh, look, he's overhyped because he's American, blah, blah, blah. He's not that good. I'm not going to go there. I don't think he's a second coming, but I think he's got phenomenal attributes. Yeah, I agree. He's got talents. I wonder about when you go back to the impact he's had at Chelsea or hasn't had, and obviously there have been injuries in there and whatnot. I wonder if he's just not been given particularly good advice from his agent and the people who are supposed to look after him, and maybe including his dad. Because if you remember, in his final season at Borussia Dortmund, he had those injuries. Yeah. He's coming back from injury. And by the way, at Borussia Dortmund, he was a good player, but it's not like he was Erling Haaland when he was there, right? When he and when he signed for Chelsea on that January, it was, it was quite surprising. It was well, surprising. what surprised me about that was, if you remember, this was Sarri's last season. Uh, well, only, well, only season. season, yeah. And he had ups and downs and sorry ball and all this nonsense. And eventually they would obviously finish top four and win the Europa League. Yeah. But I would have, and maybe it wasn't clear that he was staying, but still, like you're coming off an injury, you signed for Chelsea come to Chelsea, work on your injury there, Adapt. and settle in, yeah. right? I mean, it seems like the most obvious thing to do. Instead, he decided to stay in Dortmund. He's like, no, I'm going to do my rehab here, which I thought was just a, it was just a stupid decision. And again, I think his agent should have advised against it because what it meant was at that stage, Dortmund, you know, they're not going to go and necessarily back Pulisic when they know he's not their player and he's leaving. Yeah. You know, they're all about showcasing guys and whatever. And in fact, he didn't play very much in those six months. So I think that already put him off on the wrong foot. And then he arrives at Chelsea in, the, um, in Lampard's first season, yeah. which turned out to be a good season as Lampard played all the kids. and they brought the He's really the only newcomer, obviously slowed by injuries and then injuries again in, mm. in the second season. But to me, what was really telling, and again, I chalk this up to some degree to agents, when Chelsea can spend again, what do they do? They bring in Werner. They bring in uh, Hakim Ziyech. Yeah. They bring in Kai Havertz. They bring in a whole host of attacking players. And that is the point where you ask yourself, oh, and they have hudson Adoy, right? Who, wait, am I part of the plans here? Why are you playing in all these other guys for me to compete with? I'm not saying you should be scared yeah, of competition, no, no, right? No, but, but that's kind of what you pay an agent for, right? Is have the relationship so with So you would have moved him on. I, I don't know. I, I don't know that you would have moved him on, but I think you would have looked at it and you say, the writing's kind of on the wall here about how the club see me. They don't see me because at the time, and again, I'm going from memory here, I think, I don't know if he was Chelsea's record signing before, yeah, before, before Havertz, was, but he would have been pretty close, yeah, right? Yeah, 63 or something like that, yeah. This is not something, this is not how a club treats their record signing, right? Yeah. By bringing in other players who play similar positions yeah and since then he just never has has had that stability so when his dad says big six months ahead obviously it's with the a walk towards the world cup yeah. but you do wonder what happens next for he's still only 23 years old 
He's so young. And I, every time, Gab, every time I watch him and he starts, for example, and there's the Real Madrid game last season, for example, there's, I watch him and I find him amazing in that first touch, the first five yards, the acceleration. Yeah, I'm sure he still needs to improve. And often I see Tuchel sort of not shouting at him, but telling him that he has to work harder defensively, come, for example, and trail back and come and help and all of that. So maybe there's still a lot for him to learn, especially without the ball when Chelsea have the ball and he doesn't have it yeah. or when the opposition have it and the way he has to defend or reposition, all of that. But I still think there's, there's so much in there, potentially, in potential, that I think it's crazy to use it so, so little in the last few weeks from Tuchel. Yeah, uh, that's what I find really remarkable. If he is, in yeah, fact, if that's, fit. Yeah. Um, and, and you assume he is fully fit because yeah, he looks so. fit when he does play. Uh, yeah. That's a weird situation. I think that also reinforces the importance of of getting good advice. I don't think, as I said, I don't think he got the best advice. Uh, I want to touch upon something which got a lot of attention with Charleston. I thought really put in a lot of work. Yeah. Um, yeah. He also, people made a big deal. He's supposedly going to be investigated by the FA. Uh, somebody threw a blue flare onto the pitch and he yeah. threw it back into the crowd. I said, like, oh, you could be investigated for it. Now, obviously, flares, I know we all joke about no pyro, no party, but in fact, they're potentially dangerous and whatever else, they shouldn't be in stadiums. But um, I'm assuming, I can't, I couldn't tell where he threw it. It does look like he throws it into the crowd. But yeah, he back doesn't... from where he came. Maybe he wants he... you just to give it back to the guy who lost, hey, you lost your flare, here you go. He doesn't seem to do it in an aggressive I love, manner. Yeah. I mean, I hope they look at this. And I, I am not an expert in pyro. Um, no, me neither. Depending what what you might be led to believe about me, but um, I don't. I, I refuse to believe that he would do something stupid and dangerous. Maybe it was just kind of like a, a smoke bomb. Maybe he didn't realize. I, I, don't, I know, don't know. But, but again, it was his own fans. He surely exactly. didn't want to hurt his own fans either. He's just maybe like you know, among the celebration bits, it was a big goal. It's an important goal. A goal that he created for himself, really. Speaking of his old fans, there was a little, a little nugget. Did you see, like, obviously they Everton, rightly so, uh, with the time wasting. Yeah. Um, you know, when you have the lead, absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, did you see the fan who goes and hides the ball under his shirt? No, I didn't I see it. I was just a little, a little nugget, no. so like he wouldn't get the ball. It's a big win for Everton. Listen. It's a huge win. We need to mention also, though, because we haven't. My fault. I haven't brought him up yet, Jordan Pickford. Yeah. And, okay, so the save, I think he made at least three incredible saves. Yeah, he did, yeah. The best one, probably the one that got the least attention, the one, I forget who the shot is, from the edge of the box where he tips it over the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was probably the, the, the best of three. The, the other two, one, yeah. um, the most spectacular is clearly when he goes, when... The, That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, over yeah the, 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 the ball hits the post on one side. He dives, gets up, sprints across. Yeah. And then the ball comes back in and he puts it away. Equally, though, you praise him for being so quick to get back up and get across. Equally, though, I think it's what every keeper would have tried to do. And he was able to pull that off. For me, yeah, the bravest... No was the one where he gets hit in the face. Head, because yeah. in those situations, all you want from your goalkeeper is make yourself as big as possible. And then we all laughed. Oh, look, it's come off his noggin. <laughs> but, but he's yeah. always been brave. 
sometimes maybe too brave. That has been maybe, has been maybe the limit. I just thought that was tremendous. That it's it the was kind incredible. of thing that really gives your teammates a lift. And if, yeah, if they stay up, this is this is where they have to to look for for when when the season turned completely. Yeah. Thank him. You know my feelings after that Van Dijk tackle. I made a lot of uh, not so many friends <laughs> on that side of Liverpool and Goodison Park, but he deserves credit for that. He still can improve so much because he's still very good on his line, but there's still a lot of force in his game. But but when he's on that kind of mission, it was fantastic. I mean, the celebration after the, the Aspilicueta save, like half Peaky Blinders, half Conor McGregor, was fantastic as well. But this is the persona, this is the character. And like, again, I go back to what we said at the beginning. You won this game on character more than anything else. And you know what? There was a time where I thought, before the United win, Lampard said, you know, we need to fight and we need to do this. And I was like, you need to win, you need to play well to win games. This is what you have to do, you're a coach. But maybe they don't need to play well. Maybe they just fight between now and the end of the season and they're going to stay up. Maybe that's enough. Maybe that's what they need even. Maybe there's a need to think too hard about patterns of play and how we get the best of Richarlison and of him and Calvert-Lewin. No, maybe you just go and fight, put the most fighting team on the pitch and that might be enough. I don't know. And we're going to look at the relegation run-in later. I think you may also feel that maybe he doesn't say have the time to go and think about patterns of play yeah, and maybe, whatever else. Maybe. Um, all right, let's talk about the sale and what again what we know. So we're led to there has been no official confirmation, but there's no denial about this, and some very credible yeah. sources like the Wall Street Journal and Reuters reported that um, Todd Bowley's group yeah. is now the preferred bidder, um, and they have this five-day period of exclusivity. Mm, Ratcliffe's group say after issuing their statement saying that we're not going to make any further comment mm. um, they're still hanging around but tell me something when it's been very clear the deadline to put your first bids in and then your second bids in and then if you've been picked you had why is Sir Jim Ratcliffe the richest man in, the, in Great Britain right Supposedly. or in Monaco <laughs> well, not the richest they're Monaco, definitely not the richest no, man in Monaco you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. Why didn't he didn't do like everybody else? Why did he think, okay, hey, let's do a little trick here. Right. Maybe wait, and then at the last minute we throw this bid where we believe maybe higher than any, anything else. Put the emphasis on the Britishness of the bid, and you know I've tried to buy that club before this and that. For such a, an amazing businessman, clearly that was clearly a, a, a strategic mistake, right? Because unless you want to be really cynical and conclude that. He's aligned. Ultimately, the government's going to decide. If you want to be I, cynical and conclude that the government, for whatever reason, may choose to favor his bid, and so that way, strategically, you sit back, you let Boley and Pavuka and Harrison Blitzer and all these other guys go through, um, do the due diligence, expose themselves in public. Sorry, not expose themselves in public. No, no, but expose yeah, their yeah, bid in public. Yeah. Sorry. I don't want to cast. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. <laughs> um, no, seriously, just to be very clear on this, like Josh Harris has not exposed himself in public. No, yeah. Um, and then you come in at the end when like the process has gone on forever and say, "Oh, look, I've got a higher bid. Let me trump everybody." Right? Yeah. And then the government says, "Oh, look, British bid. There's a war going." I don't know. Maybe maybe that is just thinking. I don't want to be cynical like that. What I do no, know no, no. is that. If, I, if this is the way it's going to turn out, and we don't know yet because we haven't heard from the Rain Group, and it's fine that we haven't heard from them because I think he did enough talking when he suggested that it, this club might be worth $10 billion in a while. Yeah. But you know, their job is just to, to go and vet these bidders. Um, it could be the Rain Group says, 
I don't care about, you know, Sir Jim. Um, my job is to go and, you know, we've gone through the, we've had a process, we've had rules. But that's the thing. We're not going to upset these people because Rakim remember, didn't follow the rules, right? From what we can tell, when we've been told of the rules are no, he did not follow the rules. He did, you know, and that's the problem. There isn't but enough yeah. communication here. But because but, those but, four but, billions, he had them two months ago, so he could easily exactly. have entered the race like everybody else. And if you're Pagyuka or Harrison Blitzer or you know these other bids, you spent a lot of money on this due diligence. Big time. You've hired armies of nerds. You spent a lot of time to to, to decide how much is the club worth. You've spent a lot of time on this bid, which is, means it's not tying your spending. On your other pursuit, money-making pursuits. Yeah, of course. You travel. You're to not going to be happy. You the fans, you, of course. If they pick Ratcliffe, and and you're not going to be happy with Rain if Rain were to make exactly. Ratcliffe the preferred, which is probably why they have it. Yeah. Because look, in the future they're going to continue doing you know, all these private equity guys know each other. They're all going to do business yeah. with Rain. So I don't. I I think Rain has to preserve the integrity, and I think they're doing that by picking yeah. Bowley so far. What we don't know is what this government's going to do. Because eventually, if there's public outcry and saying, wait, wait a minute, uh, Ratcliffe is going to put more money into the club and into the economy than Bowley, maybe the government should invite Chelsea and therefore Rain to reopen the bidding Can't to include imagine. Ratcliffe. I mean, that would be uh. extraordinary. Either way, there is a deadline looming, a real deadline, which is May 31st. That is when Chelsea's of course, license yeah, expires. Yeah, yeah. After that, they can't trade anymore. And you might say, does it really matter because the season's over? What trading are they going to do? But... At some point, you know, it means, as the rules stand now, it means that they couldn't extend contracts, yeah, they couldn't make sign signings, players, they can't yeah. sell players. So, either this gets wrapped up by May 31st, and I'm not sure it will. I'm really not I sure it will. So. They would have to extend it further into the summer, which would create more aggravation. Tuchel will look even unhappier than he looks yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just think it's a messy situation, and I think... I know the government's been busy with other very important stuff that we all know about, but I also think people deserve some clarity and some more transparency about about the bid process, yeah, about what the government's criteria are going to be, um, because right now it's it's all up in the air, and we don't know. And it's not fair to the bidders. It's not fair to Chelsea fans. It's not fair to yeah. other Premier League clubs who might want to do business with Chelsea. Yeah, that's right. Right? Because there's that angle too, right? If you want to... If you want to sign, I don't know. If you want Already to sign. we see a few names linked in, you know, Rich James and Real Madrid and Mason Mount and this and that. Yeah, well, think about it. If you were, or let me make my third Callum Hudson Adoy reference of this podcast. Yeah. Somebody wants so, to go and sign him. Yeah. How do they know? Can they do it after May 31st, after June, July? Well, what's I the know. deal? It's, you know, at some point. And the other thing that we also need to clarify what happens with the money? Like, what happens with Roman Abramovich's loan? Yeah. What happens if Roman Abramovich says, I don't like these terms. I'm not going to sell. Because I'll tell you what, people say, like, oh, no, he can't do that. Like, why not? There's no court order from the government saying we're going to forcibly take Chelsea away from you and you're going to have to like it. This is an eminent domain. No, yeah, they just froze it for now. But it's that's frozen, what, yeah. right? He could, say, yeah. he could say, all right, well, then I'm not going to sell. And if he says he's not going to sell then the government has to either grant a license, further licenses for Chelsea to continue trading, maybe a license to, to borrow money so that they can they have the liquidity to operate and stuff like that. Because if they don't, the government's not going to bankrupt Chelsea. That would be stupid. That would, that would anger the Premier League. It would yeah, anger yeah. Chelsea fans. That's impossible. It would be self-destructive. That's not possible. So I'm wondering maybe Abramovich here doesn't actually hold more cards than we think.
selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage all the way to the did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash g-a-b-j-u-l-s now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. Enough Chelsea, how about some quick hits instead? Let's go, Gab. Real Madrid beat Espanyol 4-0 and confirmed what we already knew was going to happen. Yeah. They're Spanish champions for the 35th time. Jules, your thoughts? I think it's completely deserved, of course, Gab, uh, in the sense that they have the best player in the league in Karim the Dream, of course. They've got the best goalkeeper in the league in Courtois. They've got the best uh, midfielder, if you want, or slash attacking midfielder in Luka Modric. Uh, and I think they've Maybe got the best the winger. Bad. You take Modric over Pedri, so I got to... Well, he's played more games than Pedri. Okay. Pedri's been right. on enough. And then you've got the best winger in the league, in Vinicius Jr. So maybe the team collectively is not as strong as some former Real Madrid teams. Maybe this La Liga is not very good this season. I don't think it has been a great season. And if you look at the number of points of all the teams below, they're really low numbers. They're in the 60. Mm. So... This is not a vintage La Liga season, but they've been great. They've been great when they had to be, despite the, uh, the humiliating defeat against Barcelona at the Bernabeu. But overall, they've been the more consistent. Uh, and, you know. and look, Atletico Madrid <clears throat> imploding, Sevilla, Sociedad running out of gas, and obviously Barcelona dealing with their financial difficulties. But I still think to have won it with, these, with this many games to spare... Yeah, also in a season that was supposed to be a transition season, right? Remember, they haven't really added anything other than Alaba. And if you, on top of that, you know, think about the Champions League semi-final, potentially the final, potentially winning it, it turns into a very, very good season again, where we maybe didn't expect it at the start of the year. And Gab, we love Carlo Ancelotti, of course, and he became the first manager to win each of Europe's big five leagues uh, at least once. This is a hell of an achievement. It is. And look, the stock answer to it is like, oh, well, it's not such an achievement when you do it with Bayern, Real Madrid, Chelsea, uh, Paris Saint-Germain and, and Milan. Although Milan did have a record points total. Only Serie A title he won, by the way. Um, but yeah, but look at it the other way. There's a reason these people it, call you to manage your teams, exactly. right? There's a reason Pep Guardiola exactly. has managed Barcelona, Bayern and, uh, and Manchester City because he's Completely. really, really good. I think my big takeaway, and a colleague of ours, uh, of ours, Filippo Ricci, tweeted this out, is he says, you can win by being a nice guy. You can win by laughing and smiling a lot. You can yeah. win by showing empathy and emotional yeah. IQ. And without going out and lecturing people about, you know, I'm the holy man of football. This is my philosophy and blah, blah, blah. Like, completely. He didn't do any of that. And how cool was that photo with him and the cigar and the sunglasses <laughs> on the bus after that? I mean, <laughs> yeah. what a guy. What a guy. He's got it. Manchester City stomp all over Leeds 4-0 to stay top of the Premier League. Jules, they're focused. I am the Tiger, baby. They are focused, even with all the changes that Pep made. Of course, there's no De Bruyne, no Mares, no Bernardo Silva. 
uh, at, at kickoff. Phil Foden in, in the De Bruyne role, in the, almost like a central number 10, which was, it was amazing. That assist for Gabriel Jesus is, is absolutely wonderful. What a player Phil Foden is, which we knew before. But yeah, they've been, they've been really good. And, and they were under pressure after Liverpool won earlier and they responded to that pressure. And like I said earlier on Saturday, Liverpool also won 1-0 away to Newcastle uh, to stay one point behind now, of course. Gab, were you surprised by Jurgen Klopp's approach? I was surprised by the team that he put out there, frankly, because you're playing Newcastle. Newcastle have won four in a row. Yeah. Um, you are 2-0. Of course, yeah, you have the semifinal against Villarreal coming yeah. up, right? Still. But you are 2-0 up at home. And then, you know, when I see Milner in midfield, Joe Gomez, I look at Trent on the bench. I go, first of all, it seems obvious to me where he's prioritizing. Yeah. But it shows a ton of faith in his, shall we say, marginal players or a ton of faith also in the ability to call the cavalry off the bench. Yeah. Which, you know, he, he didn't really need to do. Really. Shout out to Nabi Keita, by the way. Great. Because, boy. yeah, and he was so calm and ice cold. Nah. Not qualities we'd often associate with Nabi Keita. That is true. Sticking with Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp has got himself a brand new contract through 2026. According to The Athletic, he's not getting a raise. That's great. Though his backroom staff are getting improved deals, sharing some $2 million, uh uh, between them. Yeah, I love that. I love if Klopp said, listen, you know what? I'm so happy here. I don't want more money. I don't need more money. However, you know, my, my Pep and all the others deserve a bit more for the amazing job that they do. You know, let's go and, and give them a rise and I'm happy with what I've got. I love that. I, and but, I want to believe that's the way it happened. Yeah. And it's also a bit of a message too, PR-wise, I think, to Salah and Mane, who yeah, obviously negotiated right. their own extensions. Exactly. And there is no sorted, by the way. And because you can never have enough Liverpool, Gab, how about Mo Salah winning the Footballers Writers Player of the Year award? I know you're big on individual awards, of course. So what do you make of it? Yeah, I'm not a fan of individual awards. I'm not a fan of individual awards where like the voting closes early. What football- do you mean early? There's only like, what, three games, four games to go. You know, nothing's going to change now. What? Um, as I'm going to mention later in the show, show you know, uh, Hongmin Son has now has more goals from open play this season than Mo Salah. No, okay. I'm just, just putting it out. I know. Okay. Just putting it out. But no, um, Salah would have been my choice. Um, if so, I have no issue with it. Well done to him. Yeah. As I said, I still think these awards are a bit hopeful. Oh, the players love them. Jules, help me sort this out. Paris Saint-Germain drew 3-3 oh. at Strasbourg on Friday after letting a two-goal lead slip and conceding an injury time equalizer. Yeah. But it doesn't really matter. You won the league. More interesting to me is <laughs> Pochettino. Oh, man. Yeah, the game, to be fair, they PSG played quite well at times. The second goal is amazing. It's like every single player, including Donnarumma, touched the ball. It's... 18 passes, I think, 50 seconds, and they score a great goal, really team goal collectively, like we haven't seen them doing this season so much. And then they managed to waste it all by considering the two late goals. And Poch, well, Poch, I've told you before how bad he's been in his communication for most of the season, to be fair. And he, we had another example on, on Thursday when he said that 100% him and Mbappe would be there next season. And then he sort of backtracked and said, no, I mean, I mean, I mean today. 100% today, we're there for next season. And it didn't make even more sense. And I was like, what? Why are you saying? Why are you doing? This is crazy. He also said 100% Messi's going to be back to his best. and Like, there's too many 100% and he's got no clue. I, on the ESPN FC show, I call him the Mauricio Pinocchio because <laughs> he has no idea. If he would be there, he doesn't know what the club is going to do. But I think he has an idea that he's not going to be there. And what Kylian's going to do, he doesn't know either. So please, come on. I... I I find I really really like Monisha. Me too. I love it. Of and everything. 
I find this incomprehensible. I find his communication, as you said, Me too. so weird. He must have people advising him. We know, know. he does. I but know. I, I just find this odd. And Carlo Ancelotti, of course, speaking truth to power, says managers can't <laughs> yeah. always tell the truth in press conferences. Exactly. A late, late goal from Rafael Leao gives Milan a 1-0 win over Fiorentina, allowing them to stay top of the Serie A. Gab, this was a very open game. It was. I mean, Fiorentina, they've been on a bad run, nothing to lose. They're, they're, they were up for it. Milan created a lot of chances, didn't convert them, which is what we've seen happen yeah. time and again. And then a mistake from the uh, keeper, Terracciano, playing the ball out to Rafael Leao. And then the guy takes off Rafael Leao into double figures this season. Ooh. Not everybody's cup of tea, but I'll tell you what, there is a lot of talent in there. And my boy Mignon came good as well. Mike Mignon, what a keeper. Oh, People are saying, Gijo who? Gijo who? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com gab. Just go to Indeed.com gab. Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Meanwhile, Joel's Inter beat Udinese 2-1 to stay on Milan's heels. The gap is two points. Did they look to you like a team that believes? At times I see what you mean. I think maybe they were watching the Milan game or, or following it somehow at some point and then thought, okay, maybe then, maybe it'd be a draw and then the layout, <coughs> leg goal was a bit of a, of a knock to the head, but they started well. Paris scored early. Um, I thought they controlled the game well. Listen, Milan will have two away games out of the last three. Inter will have two home games out of the last three. Does that make a difference? I'm not sure. They have to believe, even if the head-to-head is for Milan, so it's not really two points. They need they need actually three to make up for to win it. But, but you know what they do have to believe in, because in Italy, as you know, we're extremely superstitious, and football yeah. folks are even more superstitious. And the Venn diagram of the two makes it incredibly superstitious. Go on. Milan play Verona next. Yeah. Twice in their history, Milan were in first place, and in 1973 and 1990, they lost titles in Verona. No way! I yes. didn't know this. Oh and wow! That's who they play next. People are complaining. Oh, Verona are mid table. Why are they playing so hard? Uh, Cagliari most recently complained yeah, about yeah. it. So interesting. Ooh, man. let's see. Bayern won the league last week, so maybe it's not surprising that they would take their foot off the gas. But Gab, they lost 3-1 at Mainz, and they looked, as the saying goes, on the beach. Yeah, and they're going to be literally on the beach because now they're flying to Ibiza for a team bonding and team building exercise. Of course. I think this kind of makes a mockery of the, of the rest of the league. Uh, Felix Magath pointed it out. The guy He's I feel right. bad for... Sorry? Yeah, Magath is right. Uh, I feel bad for Lewandowski, too. He's one of the few players who... And by the way, this was like a pretty close to Bayern first 11. Yeah, you had your boy Shupo Motang in there and Ulreich yeah. and whatever. But still, you know... I feel bad for Lewandowski. Dude, you were gunning for your own record. You're trying to go and, and cut the gap on um, maybe you can set the all-time record, catch Gerd Muller. Yeah. Your teammates don't help you. 
I, know. I mean, you come you come up with this turdy performance, not good. Yeah, he scored, he scored one, and but did you see he was captain because uh, Noya was obviously not yeah. playing, but they forgot the armband I think because it was just a piece of like white, you know, the the this thing that you put around your right. socks as well, and it was it looked so bad. I was like, not a good day for Robert. Meanwhile, more chaos from Borussia Dortmund, who managed to lose at home to Bochum, despite an early Holland oh hat-trick. Now, God. this was kind of a microcosm of their season, right? Atrocious defending, yeah. wasting the lead, and yeah. Holland scoring. Yeah. We've seen this all before, yeah? Completely. I mean, you know, I, I watched the game and Marco Rosa, and I, I, was, I would be embarrassed if I was him. I would really be embarrassed to have an alien of a player like Erling Haaland that scores three goals, or be two penalties, but still, and you still manage to lose... At to home. lose at home to Bochum, really? Yeah. In a game like this where, okay, look at the, uh, the first touch is great on the turn, but my God, the defense, Zagadou, Akanji, all of them, Witzel for the penalty that give the win to Bochum. I mean, this is, this is really bad. Honestly, like, with the best like that, crowd being very patient. I think it's time for villagers with pitchforks Any other club in any other countries, there would be riots everywhere with those fans, and, and, and rightly so. And sticking with Haaland Gab, according to reports, there's pressure on Pep Guardiola to sign a two-year extension deal through 2025 at Manchester City to help seal the deal with Erling Haaland. Well, basically, Haaland's saying, OK, I'm happy to come, but I'm not coming if in a year's time Pep goes. Yeah, so a couple things here. Uh, I don't buy this story. The story's been widely reported. Yeah. First of all, if Pep wants a new deal, Pep gets a new deal. Pep yeah. has earned the right to get his new deal <laughs> whenever he wants, right? Um, secondly, I don't think it'd be a great look for Holland to say, oh, yeah, I'll come, but I need to have Pep. I'm like, what? What? what is your, Pep is your crutch? I mean, obviously, it's more <laughs> no, attractive. But he wants to work with the best for as long as possible. Of course, of course. But, you know, I, I, it's, you're a professional, right? Yeah, yeah. Pep may choose to walk away. He may not. He may stay. Who knows, right? Yeah. Like, make your decision about your career independently of Pep. You know you're going to Man City. You know there's a lot of money there. You know there's a lot of resources. Um, be a pro. Yeah. So I don't believe Erling Haaland is like that. I don't believe Pep Guardiola is like that. I don't believe the story one bit. No. Arsenal win, win 2-1 away to West Ham, and Mikel Arteta called it an ugly win. Ugly, yeah. but still deserved? I think so, Gab. Mm, I think so. David there was Morris not much. might not think so. Nah, there was not David much into Morris it. David Moyes might want Aaron Ramsdale sent off. I don't. Uh, Jared Bowen himself said that he dived. Jared Bowen said to the referee, "No, I know, I know," and he got the yellow card. I mean, he didn't say he dived. He but no, he said to the referee, "Yeah, I know, I know." We well, didn't I touch know, him. He's when when Ramsdale slid. He got yellow card for simulation. Yes, Jared which he shouldn't have had. Why? Because Aaron Ramsdale go, go, goes out because he was right in his path and does not get the ball. But it doesn't get Jared Bowen either. It doesn't. So I, I was at the game and he looked like Jared Bowen said to the referee, "Yeah, yeah, I know, you're right." And you could clearly see on David his face. David is not happy about it. No, maybe not. But I'm not sure he should be unhappier by the way they defended it's, on set pieces. It's a huge win for Arsenal. It's a big, huge, big win huge. because they, they didn't play well. But neither did West Ham, to be fair. No. There was not much at all in between the teams. But it's a huge win, especially with Spurs winning just a few a few hours before. West Ham thinking Europa up. League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely. And Spurs beat Leicester City to stop to stay two points behind the Gunners now with the same amount of games played. Hugmin Son scored two. Nobody in the Premier League has more goals from open play, so without penalties. Then the South Korean star. Yeah, look, 
Leicester obviously resting a lot of people for their Europa big Europa Conference League against Roma final on Thursday against Jose Mourinho's Roma Brendan against Jose how about that they had a whole like silly buggers with like the bottle of wine where Jose yeah, made a point to tell him oh how did he find this super expensive he always talks about how much wine costs I, I don't whatever I, I don't want to go there I don't want to talk about Jose Jose's inserted himself in this question it's not fair let's give credit to, to Spurs because yeah. they be what was ahead of them and I got to give credit to Holman. So I have to say, when he came to the Premier League way back, I wasn't so sure that he would have this impact. But he's been absolutely phenomenal. And, yes. you know, again, 19 goals from open play, a whole bunch of assists yes. uh, as well this season, including the assist for Harry Kane, who who opened the scoring. Yeah, I think Holman Son is an un- unappreciated gem. I agree with you. And I wonder, I wonder if Spurs hadn't messed around with Nuno at the start of the season and didn't have the whole Harry Kane psychodrama and he'd hit the ground running from the start, I think they might even be third or fourth in the table right Son, now. Son, as Kane, deserves a trophy. Barcelona beat Mallorca 2-1 to break their uh, three-game home uh, losing yeah. streak. Jules, this wasn't a great performance no. at all. <laughs> But Memphis Depay came up big. He's really, really good. Yeah. I wanted to play more. Exactly. And we also saw the return of Ansu Fati. Great news. He played. Ansu played the last 15 minutes. I mean, he came on and he had a big smile on his face. The crowd obviously was up for it. And, and it was lovely to see. And I think Xavi must listen to our show because you said, play Memphis more, play Memphis more. He played him on the left-hand side and scored a lovely goal. The, the ball by Alba is great, but his run was, was great. He was the best player on the pitch by far. Um, Staying a bit worried about Aubameyang, uh, but they didn't have to play well in this game. All they had to do is win because the others had dropped points. It was a big win for for Barcelona. This is the most important, especially after the the really right. bad showing at home in the last few weeks. So well done to them. Okay. I'm going to take a little detour on this. Jerry uh, Piquet coming off injured, yeah. but I, I got a style question for you because okay. people might have gathered you're more into style than I am yeah. a little bit. The Piquet played, I don't know, I hadn't noticed this before. Maybe he hasn't done this in other games. But he pulls his socks all the way up. So it looks like yeah, he's wearing knee, tights, yeah. right? Like, I mean, Thierry Henry used to do that. But in his case, they go like into his shorts. But, yeah, because, yeah. I think it looks weird he and does. not particularly cool. It is cool. It is cool. Jared Piquet is cool. cool. You know who's the first one to do that? Who? Is, do you remember Sonny Anderson, who played for Monaco, then went to Barcelona, yeah. played for Lyon? He was the first one. Has Thierry... Piquet always done that? I mean, yeah, never noticed? I believe so. I believe so. Even when it's hot? Yeah, even when it's hot. Right. It's just cool. I, w- I was trying to do it when I was younger. But your but socks my... didn't go up high enough. No, they did, but then they kept falling down. I think the players want a quite special, so they don't. Because if you they play an hour and the, the sock is still higher up the knee. So I think it's wonderful. Two goals on his birthday. <laughs> no, if I describe some dude's socks being above his knee is wonderful. I like but it. Whatever, I love different it. strokes. I love it style, you know. Two goals on his birthday, 35th birthday from Leo Bonucci. He gives Juventus a 2-1 win over Venezia. Gab, it means that they will be in the Champions League next season. And we got to see an 18-year-old named Fabio Miretti make his first start. And he was good as well. He was good. Um, it's look, an 18-year-old... Getting games at a top European club isn't generally news. Yeah. It is generally news at Juventus because they have <laughs> massively neglected their academy yeah. over the years. We saw Pilo a little bit. He plays somebody from Bota or, or whatever, and then everybody freaks out when they make one mistake and so on. Yeah. This kid, I saw him interviewed after the game. He's so sweet. He was so nervous. And it was funny because they asked him, like, oh, 
So like, who do you model yourself after? And he's like, um, uh, Kevin De Bruyne. And you could tell the minute he said that, he's like, oh my God, oh, did no. I just make a mistake here oh, in no, saying man. Kevin De Bruyne? Because like people are going to think I'm big headed now and I want, and I think I'm Kevin De Bruyne. Then he said like, oh no, but I try to copy Locatelli when I train with him. I'm like, oh, you know, no, imagine I love Locatelli, yeah. De Bruyne, Locatelli, <laughs> right? you know. I very much enjoyed the, the zone commentary of the substitution when Vlaovic came off and Kelini came on at 2-1 with 10 minutes to go, where they were laughing their head off for basically Allegri being so Allegri that 2-1 up, 10 minutes to go, Vlaovic, come here, we don't need you anymore. Kelini, up you go. We show yeah, not to I gotta say, like, this is the kind of stuff that would infuriate me if I were a Juve fan. You're playing Venezia. Yeah. They're last in the table, right? Yeah. Um, you're going to finish top four. I know this sealed it, but you will finish top four. Yeah. You might even finish third. Yeah. Like, how about say. you show a little bit of guts, a little bit of who you are, and so yeah. on. And you 100%. want to send Chiellini on so he can, like, wave to the crowd? Fine. Send him on for, for somebody else. Yeah, take Bonucci. It's his birthday. He's called two already. Exactly. Come on. Stand Let him ovation. get the ovation. Vlaovic was not happy at all. You could tell on his face. No, right, nor should he be. Exactly. More woe for Atletico Madrid as they're beaten 2-0 by Atletico Bilbao. Jules, if Betis win their game in hand yeah. in a few hours, their lead will be a single point over fifth place. And in the last four games, they play Elche, which, by the way, is not a foregone conclusion. No. Real Madrid, where you might think, oh, they win the title, yeah, but we the, don't care, but it's, it's still Real Madrid. Have, yeah. Sevilla, who yeah. obviously need points to finish top four. And Real Sociedad, who could be, who still have an outside chance of yeah. finishing top four. Fighting for your league. I mean, it's worrying. Everything could crumble for El Chalo. Completely. And you know what? It's not just the fact that they don't play well with the ball. We knew that before. That's not going to change now. And they didn't play well against Athletic Bilbao. But he didn't defend it well at all. Jimenez got beaten way too easily on the first goal early on by Iñaki Williams. And then they also scored the own goals. But through the whole game, they were under pressure. Couldn't get the ball out. Couldn't create much apart from the Griezmann free kick on the bar. And then I think Angel Correa, right at the end, a deflected shot that sort of bubbles off on the post. Just, just, it's not good enough. It's, I don't know why Luis Suarez started that game. I don't understand what El Cholo does. I don't understand where they're going. And Oblak was really angry. In his, in his interview after the match on the pitch, saying, like, this can't continue like this. We, clearly, we're so bad. And if I was them, like you said, Gab, I'd be really worried because it's not a foregone conclusion that they're no. going to finish and the four at all. significant amount of money and wages. They have the best squad in La Liga. I'll tell you what, though. What if they, send, if they have to send Antoine Griezmann back? <laughs> oh my no, God, I don't quite know the, but like, I if mean, it comes to that, surely, and they say, surely, we don't want to pay for him. Here, but Barca's like, what? Surely, what are we going to do with imagine, this guy? Like, imagine. Europe professional leagues have written to UEFA urging them to reduce the new Champions League group stage format from 10 games to 8 games, you know, is that Swiss model, and to scrap the places for historical merit as well. Does that make sense to you? Yes, it makes sense to me. The question is, does it make sense for the reason that we introduced this 10-game uh, group stage to begin with, which is to make more money? Now, obviously, anybody can make more revenue yeah. by having more games. The leagues equally say, oh, no, because then we're going to have fixture congestion. Um, I think people are doing things for the wrong reasons here. I would love everybody to take a step back. Uh, I would love to see, I've been arguing this for a long time, the five top European leagues. Well, not Germany, they're at 18. Yeah, Some yeah. people want to bring you to 16 even in Germany. There is no reason Serie A should be at 20 clubs. There's yeah, no reason the Premier Liga. League should be at 20 yeah. clubs. La Liga, Liga. Take a step back. Let's have a more normal thing. Let's have more build-up. Let's monetize the games more. Um, by having fewer of them. Yeah, yeah, and I know I you're going to take a hit, but you know what? Nobody forces you to, play, to pay these salaries, right? Have the, have the guts to go and come up with like real restrictions on costs. 
if this is what you all complain about. Um, and let's move forward with that. An historical merit thing. No, lose it. Lose yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Manchester United kick off in a few hours against Brentford. But Jules, some are angry that the players are planning to do a lap of honor after the game. Well, it's the last home game of the season. It's traditional. Yeah. Um, and they say that given the way the season's gone, the players should just, what, slunk off into the night? Well, yeah, just go into the tunnel and into the dressing room. I mean, come on. This is as disappointing as it's been. This is what you do. You've got your family with you. You do the lap of honor. There were some highs in that season, some good games that you enjoyed at Old Trafford. You saw some Cristiano moment of brilliance. There were some more difficult ones, of course, and you got humiliated by Liverpool and all of that. But this is this is a season go. You still support your club. You know, it's not like... This, this is a non-story. It United should story. do this. I'm of glad course, that they're doing clip. this. They will. Um, even, even just to take responsibility. You know, you, you see this at certain clubs, at Bayern, uh, at Roma, where after the game, and this can take it a little too far, after the game, the players go under the ultras, and if they've played badly, they just sit, stand there and take abuse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if they've played well, they take applause, right? This is the same thing. You know, you owe it to your fans. There's going to be people there who who actually think that some of these guys have played well this season. And they've you know, enjoyed some games. They've, they've enjoyed some games. Moment. Let them do it. You don't have to applaud. Yeah, if you yeah. want to... If you want to leave, leave. Leave before If you want to leave, that's fine. Exactly. If you want to go and, and, and you want to shout at Marcus Rashford, shout at Marcus Rashford yeah. in a civil way. Exactly. But this is their moment. Exactly. Napoli beat up Sassuolo 6-1 as Dries Mertens steals the show and they clinch a place in the top four. So the Champions League next season for sure. But Gab, why are Napoli fans still angry? Oh, let me count the ways. Uh, it's important to know here, they're not angry at the players. This is what's interesting. They're angry at the club. They're angry at the president, yeah. Aurelio De Laurentiis. They're kind of blaming him for the fact they didn't compete for the title this year until the end, um, when they think that they probably, they, they possibly could have won it. Maybe that's a bit far, but certainly I think they could have been in the mix. Um, they're angry. I remember last year he said, or after the, the defeat to Empoli, he said, right, everybody's going yeah. in the retiro as punishment. Last time he did that, there was a revolt, which ended in Ancelotti being fired. Yeah, yeah. This time, there wasn't a revolt, but he said, okay, no, we'll do something else. We're going to have team dinners every day this <laughs> week, team bonding dinners in Naples, and obviously there's a lot of good restaurants in Naples. Spalletti made a joke and saying, like, oh, look, if it's the team dinners that did it, let's have team breakfast too. Um, it's, I, it's, a, it's a situation where you've got a guy who in many things, many ways has done so many good things yes. for the club, but equally... Sometimes when people are like this, yeah. they surround themselves with yes men and lick spittles and they say, yeah, boss, great idea. Yeah, boss, great idea. Even when it's a stupid idea. Yeah. And I think Napoli fans deserve better. But good for them to continue supporting the players. Yeah. Sticking with Napoli, there's plenty of buzz that Victor Osimhen is a top striker target for Arsenal. Are you buying this? I would love to. I would love to see Victor Osimhen coming to the Premier League. More I, expensive than Vlaovic. Yeah. I, and I mean... If he wants to leave Napoli, if he wants to, if Arsenal are ready to pay, you would think more than the 80 million that, or, or more or less, that Napoli paid Lille for Ozyman two seasons ago, then so be it. I'm, I'm still not sure Arsenal are ready to pay 100 million for Victor Ozyman. But if we think that he's a tremendous player, of course, if we love him on the show, of course we do. We keep re repeating you that with Ozyman, the best is yet. To come. Exactly. But it's been so good already. Yeah, but still. The guy's not just a phenomenal athlete. He's, he's super smart as well. He's added goals. He's developed so he's well young. With, with Spalletti that I would love to see him in the Premier League, but I'm very skeptical about how much but he would cost. The thing is, if you're how, Arsenal, if you're going to shop the next bracket down, right? So if you're going to look for a striker in the 50 million category, my question would be, 
well, obviously, going into the Champions League would change, I think, how much money they have. Or yeah, not of course. If they, if they make it. Of course. But then you get into the world of Marcus Terams and people like that. It's kind of a big step down from Ozyman. I know, but we're talking 100 million, I think, for Ozyman. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a big call to make. That's Nicolas Pepe type money. What happened to More him? More than Nicolas Pepe, even. And more United as well, yeah. Matt Judge, their contract negotiator, will be leaving the club. What, what does this mean? And, and what would you remember from him? Not much, I know. <laughs> so he's the guy that, like, when you speak to insiders and so on, or you speak to agents, like, in the end, United would identify who they wanted. Presumably, yeah. Ed Woodward would, you know, say, all right, we can spend this much. And then this dude would come in and just negotiate the contract. Yeah. Arsenal, the guy who did a similar job, was Pusfami or whatever. Yeah, yeah, he did, yeah. I don't know. I really don't know a, what they did. Other, than, it seems to me weird. Like you're the negotiator. Like you know, it sounds like you're like some kind of action hero. Like what is he? Oh, is he really good at like not blinking in negotiations. <laughs> I mean, I would have thought like all I want negotiation is I want a budget, right? Yeah. We're gonna spend this much, and maybe he's the only guy who's not gonna get emotional. So and you say, but I, what I find interesting here is if he doesn't, if he's leaving, right? We've been told by everybody that Richard Arnold does not want to be front and center on the football side. He's going to be the CEO. He's taken over from Woodward, but he's not going to go and make those decisions. Yeah. I mean, does this mean we're going to have Darren Fletcher and John, John Murta doing yeah, the negotiation? Do you blame Do you blame my judge for missing out on Erling Haaland and no, Joe Cancelo I, the and way, signing Alexis Sanchez way, in those terms? The way Matt Judge was described to me was they give him a budget, and he says you're going to try to get. We're not going to go over this limit. And he goes and he respects that. He's not the one making those decisions. So, okay. no, I wouldn't so blame him. Okay. But what I think is interesting is this suggests to me that maybe somebody else comes in for that role. Unless you want Merton and Fletcher. Really? I have no idea if Merton and Fletcher are good negotiators. But I know that, you know, their job is getting progressively bigger and bigger. If Arnold's sure. not going to be involved, this judge is gone. Yep. So, I wonder if somebody else is going to come in. We have our UEFA Women's Champions League finalists. It's going to be Lyon versus Barcelona. Lyon beating Paris Saint-Germain. And Jules... Were you surprised Barcelona lost to Wolfsburg? I was a bit. I mean, they were five, five run up from the first leg. So, so they said, oh, let's just lose. No, 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 it's not that. They lost 2 0. It looked like they took the game a little bit for granted, to be fair. Maybe suddenly we're not as focused as they would. I mean, they, they didn't lose a single game in the season in all competitions before that second leg on Saturday. But maybe when you're so clear ahead after the first leg, maybe you don't approach it with the seriousness that you should. I don't know. But maybe it's a, maybe it's a good, it's a good um, uh, sort of like, I was going to say... A wake-up call. Yeah, but they don't need to be woken up when they've won. They've, they've battered everybody through the whole season. Well, they're playing Leon in the final, right? Yeah. Leon got past a good Paris Saint-Germain. Maybe they, they do need did. a bit of a wake-up call and say, like, let's take this Leon game seriously. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. No, they will for sure. That final is on May 21st. Uh, it's going to be a hell of a final. This is, I think, the two best teams in Europe that we have right now. You, uh, yeah, you can have maybe Chelsea or Arsenal, but they've, they've been really good, the two of them. And what we see is a different style of football. What happened in the PSG Lyon game? Because that was close. The first yeah, that was, was close. The, first, yeah. the first leg was close. The second leg, um, Ada Hegberg scored first, a really nice goal. And then PSG could not get the game together. 43,000 um, fans were at the Parc des Princes, which is the, the highest attendance for a women's game in, in French football, uh, you know, in France, which was great. But PSG never really got going. And I thought Lyon dealt with the game really well. So well done to them. This is, this is a really good final that we should all watch and we will all watch. Juventus president Andrea Agnelli reiterated his necessity for the Super League. And Gab, he said that a Super League already exists. It's called the Premier League. What does that mean? 
What he means is the Premier League TV contract is so much bigger than everybody else. The Premier League clubs already get so much guaranteed money and he wants to create a level playing field for other big clubs in Europe to also make that big money. I understand where he's coming from. The obvious thing, though, is that the Premier League is a national league. And where he lost me afterwards is he says, oh, look, and that's why they dominate. Look, we'll probably have, he's like, evidence of the Premier League is so early. He said, we're probably going to have two English clubs in the Champions League final, which is true. And we're going to have an English club playing a Scottish club in the Europa League final, possibly. He's talking about Rangers. And I think I'm going to say, like, why do you say these things? <laughs> Scotland Scottish clubs aren't in the Premier League. I mean, they're in the Scottish Premier League, which is an entirely different thing, yeah. and they don't have, they have a no part to go to the toilet money. in yeah, yeah. relative to the Premier League, right? So, I don't... How strange. He's, he doesn't speak very often anymore, and when he does, he often says odd things. I, I don't I don't know what's going on. There's suggestions that he might be moved on. Um, one of the many problems the Super League has is bad communication. And, yeah, he's better at communicating than Florentino, but they need to get somebody who can actually yeah. articulate their case if they want to have a serious discussion about it. You know, something beyond yeah, yeah, lawyers really and courts. Completely. It was the Olympic derby between uh, OM and OL. Yes. And our pal, Jorge Sampaoli, ah. had a chance to secure a Champions League spot next year. Jules, things did not go according to plan. And when he didn't get that penalty in the first half, he was angry. He was very And I was angry. hearing him shout. And Does he not speak French? No. No, he was He's like shouting like a maniac in Spanish. Yeah, in Spanish. Yeah, a little man. Uh, they feel I'm really sorry, harshly it's done. It's not that hard for a Spanish speaker to, I know. to learn something. He some doesn't bit. have time. He focuses fully on the pitch, guy. He's <laughs> like Marcelo Bielsa. He doesn't have time for another language. They feel harshly done by the referee, not just on that call on the Dembele handball, but also on the Lyon first goal where Dembele and, uh, and Paolo Lopez sort of clash and then Dembele sort of stamps on, on the arm of Lopez and then Luqueva scores. For Lyon, VR reviewed it. They said it's, there's nothing else that Dembele didn't make a mistake or made a foul. Uh, but they feel actually done. They lost 3 0. And Lyon, for all the bad things that we've said about Peter Bosch and Lyon in this show, which were right, all the inconsistency, the struggles, everything, they actually played really well on Sunday night and deserve to win regardless of the referee's calls. It's a cluster mess for top four now. It's, or it's, top three. Yeah, top three for second place because now you've got Monaco on fire, Rennes, three points behind Marseille. And then for the top, for the for the for the third place as well, with Strasbourg and Nice too, not too far. And then for the Europa League places, it's very very exciting. I think Sampaoli was also slightly annoyed that the referee looked a little bit like Peter Boss. I think <laughs> he didn't think it was fair. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Although Peter Bosch and Sampaoli look a bit like each other too, to be fair. You but, know. But, but one is little and tiny and yeah, round, true. and the other one. Well. True, true. Jose Mourinho's Roma held nil-nil by Bologna on Sunday night. They won't get Champions League football next season. But Gab, we got to see a quadruple substitution. So that's something. Yeah, obviously Mourinho doing what his pal Brendan Rodgers did. Rightly so, uh, resting yeah, everybody. F- realized they weren't going to finish top four. Um, they had their chances. What was funny, Mourinho can't help himself getting himself in trouble. He made a crack afterwards about, you know, oh, 20 years ago, players were scoring offside goals. 20 years later, I see it's still happening. He was referring to Lazio, who scored a late yeah. goal uh, the night before with a Chadby. Where, I mean, it's pretty craven that VR didn't catch this because the goal, the VR was thrown by the fact that the goalkeeper was beyond everybody. He had like two players behind him, yeah, and a Chadby was, but he was still offside. He just kind of looked like, oh, look, it's pretty it's obvious. A, but it's obvious yeah, if yeah. you consider that there's no goalkeeper on the line, right? <laughs> um, 
And so Lotso, of course, naturally responding is because, you know, lots of nothing better to do. Yeah. Uh, they issued a statement like having a go. At, they don't name him, but it's obvious they're talking about Mourinho yeah. and blaming the national media for going after Mourinho and too many Roma fans out there. People obsessed with Lazio. It's it's pretty childish. Stuff. Do you but think Lazio can overtake them in fifth place or you think Roma will see this one out? I don't think Mourinho is going to care if he wins the if he advances to the conference league final. Um, yeah, frankly, true, true. and lots of have so many problems of their own right now. Yeah, 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 I think Saturday's aged like 20 years. God, by long season. Yeah. yeah. Trabs on Spore are champions well of Turkey. And as soon as you're done listening to us, you need to go on YouTube and yeah. see the title celebrations. That's something. It is something, Gab. They've been waiting for a long time. 1984, the last. Uh, championship that they won incredible since we can we can discuss that Galatasaray and Besiktas and Fenerbahce the, the usual th big three were not as good this season when they were even terrible for some of them but Trasbonso had had a fantastic campaign Marek Hamsik winning the title it was it was just it's good to see someone else winning it that played differently with a different mindset so well done to them and well done to their fans for making it so special as well Burnley be Watford, which means that they're all but relegated, along with Norwich, who are already down. Gab, it's a three-way dogfight now beyond that, with Leeds and Burnley on 34 points, Everton on 32 with, with the game in hand. All right, let's get granular about this. Okay, right? we have, I have the schedule here. It's a little cheat Ooh. sheet for us. I think the toughest run-in by far is actually Jesse Marsh's yeah, Leeds United at this stage, right? So they have... Arsenal away, Arsenal, and I always, I always say this, right? You want certain teams go on the beach late in the season, right? Yeah. Wolves, not looking yeah, at you, already, possibly yeah. Villa. Um, yeah. But they've got Arsenal away, and Arsenal need the points. Yeah. Now, Chelsea at home, I think Chelsea may well need the points as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they finish with Brighton and Brentford, who are two teams that do not care. They're difficult to play against. You don't know yeah. what you're going to get. They, they, they create an they almighty... Might, they might also be in the Maldives. They might by then. Brentford. Brighton and Brentford? Yeah, maybe. Have you seen those Brentford? I don't know. No, no, now, but this no, is the no, last no, two games, so that's in listen, two weeks. Uh, I have a vague idea what Brentford's wage bill is. I don't think there's a single Brentford player other than Christian Eriksen who can afford to go to the Maldives, frankly. Um, <laughs> so I don't know what their mindset's going to be like. Okay, but to Cornwall. They're, they're, you look at Burnley, Burnley have Villa at home. They have Spurs away, which you expect them to lose. Villa away, and then Newcastle at home on the last day of the season. If we're Newcastle away, you can imagine the Geordies, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But at this point, you know, the last two games are kind of two-care games for the opposition so I think Burnley are actually in a in a solid spot with your man Mike Jackson Michael Michael yeah. is doing well <laughs> and Everton even more so Leicester away who is going to be after Thursday night in the conference league so he's either going to be resting everybody or they'll have the hangover oh, from having been eliminated yeah, yeah. Um, Watford away who are down yeah. Brentford which still applies Palace at home okay fair enough and then Arsenal away and Arsenal will probably still be needing points to go, go for top four. So you're so, saying that Everton are going to stay up and then who do you pick between Burnley and Leeds? Don't tell me Jesse Marsh is going to go down. I don't want to believe that, but when I objectively, Ooh. let me say this, Jesse Marsh, I think, has the toughest task at this stage out of all of them. Yeah, I agree. More misery for Bordeaux, historical giant on the verge of relegation. Jules, this story has many villains. Incredible. Yes, the private equity people, 
but it goes beyond that. Yeah, beyond that. I will give you, the, to start with, the stats. They've conceded 85 goals this season, Gab. 85 goals in 35 league matches. That's, that's difficult to do. That's 2.46 goals conceded per game. I mean, who does... You and I in the defence at Bordeaux would, would do better than that. I mean, come on, those clowns there can't defend. They haven't been able to defend through the whole season. They change players. They, they send Koscielny home. They sign Gilavogi. They sign Marcelo. Not the Real Madrid one, the Lyon one. Uh, and nothing changes. They change manager. Petkovic was sacked. David Guillon, who is not a bad coach, but clearly not good enough to save them. It was, it's just crazy. For such a club, six, they've won the, the French League six times. The last time was in 09. They, they have such a great history, such a great heritage. And Can we blame France, this on what happened with the ownership? Or? Yeah, I think, I think not just Gerard Lopez now, although he, he made mistakes, but I think without him, they probably would have gone bankrupt. Well, what before happened anyway. before Gerard Lopez? Oh, as well. yeah. Some of the American owners and, and equity firm that came ruined the club, let's be honest here. And then but decided, even, well, we don't care, we're rocking away. Yeah, and even before that, so we saw this coming but you know in France we said the same thing oh they're too, they're too good or too big to go down like we say in the Premier League like we say everywhere except that for Bordeaux it, it's not the case they're four points behind Saint-Etienne who are this relegation sort of playoff spot so four points it's not they, they still they can do it but they will need a miracle seeing how they're playing Hamburg, Schalke Everton yeah, all of that like, it's weird seeing... It's strange. It's, strange, it's like the it? flip side of the Super League concept, right? You're seeing those teams that are just below the Super League threshold. Yeah. You see a lot of these teams stumbling and not getting back up again. Yeah, completely. We love relegation drama, Gab, of course. How about the Genoa Derby and Mimo Crusito last second penalty miss for Genoa against Sampdoria? Oh, man, I fell for him so oh, much. My God. So Genoa, obviously, we told you about... They, 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 they change owners, the 777 yeah. group comes in and they're another one of those MCO shops, multi-club ownerships. They bring in Alexander Blessing, who's Blessing, this guy nobody's ever heard of. Yeah. Um, they actually they go for a long period with nil-nil draws they, they, because they don't concede, but they can't score. <laughs> it's um, seven in a row, eight in a row. And then this is the derby. It's, and it's basically a relegation derby. Um, and it's, you know, Genoa, tremendous tradition. The, yeah. the, the city, Genoa, have won nine Serie A titles. They're the oldest club in Italy. And they're playing Sampdoria with all their history. They go go down in the end, like, oh, look, you know, handball in the box. Yeah. Upsteps, Mimo Crisito, legendary, Experience, you know, captain, everything. 35 years old. And, and he misses. And, and the Genoa and the Sampdoria keeper, Emil Audero, who not many people know this, is half Italian, half Indonesian. Okay. He could be the greatest Indonesian goalkeeper in history. I think he is. Um, he, he feels he's happy and he feels so bad. And he gives Crisito a little kiss on the, on the noggin. Um, oh. But Crisito, like, yeah, you got to... It's oh, hard. This is, this is a tough racket. Late in the, it year, is, it late in the season, for it me, is. the relegation stories, whether it's this, whether it's Everton, we've seen so many. Levante's not going to work out, yeah. probably. Um, there's so much drama there. Jules, super agent Mino Rayola passed away on Saturday. Many clubs didn't like him, but his players adored him. Yeah, that's right, Gab. You wrote a, a lovely piece on the, the ESPN website about him. We knew him well. We knew people who worked with him. We knew players who had him uh, and who were very happy with the services. Of course, clubs didn't like him because he was such a tough negotiator. You know, he would call your bluff. He would bluff a lot. Uh, and whatever opinion you have of Mino Raiola, uh, I think we all have to acknowledge what a great job he used to do for his players. I, That's I, a fact. 
I think um, people have called him greedy and disrespectful famously on the, the Pogba what, to deal. To get more money as possible for his players. And for himself. Yeah, the Pogba that's deal, his job. He ended up getting a $50 million commission on a $100 million deal. And that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. But I think what Mina would say, and I wrote this in the article, is two things. Number one is his job is to serve the players. And if the players didn't like the way he worked, Completely. they could have laughed, right? Slatan Ibrahimovic, Paul Pogba, Erling Haaland, no trouble finding no. other agents if yeah, they didn't yeah. like him. And they didn't even have a contract with him because Mino never signed contracts. Exactly. People were free to leave any time. Yeah. The other thing also is I think you often called out the hypocrisy of the clubs because the clubs could complain about him. They could put stories in the press. Oh, Mino's destabilizing our player. But then, and I've heard him say this multiple times, who do you call late at night when you need something? You call Mino. You know, he's a late night booty call. Yeah. I made an analogy oh, really? in that piece comparing, remember the Jack Nicholson uh, character in A Few Good Men? Yeah, yeah, Where he yeah. says, you know, like, my existence, while it may seem grotesque and incomprehensible to you, the fact is I keep football ticking over. Yeah. You know, you need really? me on that call. You and, want me on that call. And he's never forced anyone to pay him the 50 million no. euro commission fee anyway. So it's, we will miss him. Yeah. The like, I'm all for more him. regulation for no, no, people of course, like Mino. But until that happens... The reality is he's operating within, yeah. within the, the, the guidelines. And he raises the question, though, what happens this summer then for all of his clients? Mino had plenty of other agents working with him and, you know, it's not a problem. But still, there's a lot of his players who are changing clubs or looking for new clubs this summer, from Haaland to Pogba to maybe Ibra to what, Verratti, an extension to all of that. You what know, are so. the rumours is that Ibra is going to take over his agency? Imagine. How about that? Wow. Yeah, more development in the Wagata Christie trial. Colin Rooney's lawyer now says that it's evident that Rebecca Vardy, Jamie's wife, of course, accept that her PR consultant was behind the leaks. As you know, I'm absolutely fascinated oh, I by love this story. This story. Her PR consultant is Caroline Watt. Apparently, she's having health issues right now, so yeah, she hasn't been yeah. uh, testifying either that or she's just completely ashamed by what's ha what yeah. happened. How Rebecca Vardy could only realize now Come that, on. I mean, she knows it's either me or it's the other person who has access to this account. Yeah, so exactly. she knows if it's her. And if she knows in her heart of hearts that it's not her, then by the process yeah, of elimination, yeah. it could only be the other guy. What, what a weird, weird story. I know, anyway, incredible. This brings us to an end. But Jules, we've got to come back on Thursday. Midweek yes. Champions League semifinals. Oh. Going to be massive. Uh, until then, oh, by the way, Aiden Mubarak to Aiden everybody Mubarak. Who, uh, who celebrates that. And until then, love the game. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. 
Need to hire? You need Indeed. 